And he told me that he like has PTSD. Like he can't listen to our podcast anymore because he's afraid or he couldn't listen to our podcast while we weren't talking because he was afraid that I was going to talk on him on the podcast and it was going to like destroy him. And he's like, I still have a little bit of it. He's like, I'm very cautious about listening to podcast episodes because I don't want you to, I don't want to like hear you talk about some random on Twitter and then like have you talk about it and realize that you're talking about me. <laughs> oh my and I was like, God. oh dear, job hazard of dating podcast listeners <laughs> is that you might lose them because you talk about on them. <laughs> and I was like, but I don't harbor any ill feelings anymore. So even if I did talk about on you a while ago, don't take it personally. We're Gucci. It's all good. We're don't stress Gucci. out. <laughs> Howdy, everyone. It's McCoy. Hey, everybody. It's Emily. Hey, we're back after a little brief hiatus. Hiatus? (laughs) (laughs) Clearly our hiatus was too long. (laughs) Do you ever fear saying words? I have, like, PTSD about pronouncing words wrong. Because one time I said... Like, this person is the epitome of awesomeness. And I was, <laughs> I was ridiculed for it for a very long time. And now, whenever I see epitome, man, all those memories just come rushing back. Just that shame pours over you. <laughs> oh, I mean, I do. I have, there are certain words I can't say. And, of course, I can't think of any of them right now. But, um... I have had that feeling. So, and it is a pain. I mean, it is embarrassing to when that happens. So I probably should be nicer to you about hiatus. (laughs) Hiatus. Your redneck is showing McCoy. (laughs) I'm just going to blame it on the accent. (laughs) Oh man. Anyways. Yes. We are back from hiatus. Yeah, we have a lot of jazz games to talk about. We we missed the whole week, starting with the Mavericks game, which which was a loss. Um, and then I thought we would bounce back against Phoenix. That game turned out to be pretty crazy. Yeah, that game was pretty crazy. I felt like that week was kind of the start of this last slew of games where, not that they actually mattered, but it was like, kind of like a chance for the jazz to prove themselves again like they've been proving themselves all year but we just had you know we had tough opponents but they weren't at full strength or we had you know bottom of the barrel opponents and so starting with Mavericks I feel like we've just had some opponents just to see how we match up against potential playoff teams I guess is probably the best way to put it um but yeah that Suns game was a crazy overtime loss it was a fun game though even though we lost, it was a it was a good fun game. It was really fun, and I didn't think we were gonna win it there for a minute. And I mean, we ended up not winning it anyway. But <laughs> it, was, it was cool to see them come back and to hang in there. And man, stinking overtime! Stinking overtime! We are just struggling in overtime this year. I think six or seven overtime losses in a row. 
Like, ugh. It was just rough. <laughs> and then Donovan is the one who hit the game tying bucket, which, man, I just love that guy. <laughs> oh, man. He is fantastic. I just, we are so lucky to have him. We are so lucky to have him. Um, and I was grateful that Devin Booker missed his shot at the end of regulation so that we could go to overtime but then yeah they just I don't know if it was a legs thing or if it was a rebounding thing probably the latter um but they just couldn't they just couldn't pull away in overtime on Chris Paul he's just like he is just really clutch honestly and it's part of the reason that I hate him but unless he's on your team right but they just pulled away and they got that win but um Honestly, it just made me realize, like, a Jazz Suns uh, playoff series would, one, probably kill me, and two, be really fun. So. I think it would be really fun, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, it would just, you know, like, these two veteran point guards who both haven't won it, right? Mike Conley, Chris Paul, like, both going, you know, going head-to-head. These two young stars. There's all this competition between who's better between Devin Booker and Mitchell, this like up and coming big and DeAndre Ayton against this like two time defensive player of the year, hopefully about to be three time. Right. Like I just feel like there's a lot of cool storylines there, both franchises who haven't won it for a while. Like Phoenix has been in this rebuild process. We've kind of been in this rebuild process. Sorry, not for a while. We've never won it, but, um, and I don't know about Phoenix. I think that they, I don't know. Do you know, have they ever won the championship? I don't think Phoenix has. So, yeah, that, like, I don't know. I just feel like that would be, like, as objective as I can be, I think that would be a really fun series. And whether that happens in, like, the Western Conference Finals or early on, I wish I wish for it to happen, kind of. Um, and I think that it's a series we can be competitive in. Like, it would stress me out. But also, a series against the Clippers and the Lakers are going to stress me out. And the Nuggets, you know? It's like, they're all going to be stressful. So, we might as well have something that's fun. <laughs> so... But yeah, so then, yeah, so that game was a, um, a tough loss, but then we had to fly back to Salt Lake that night so we could play the uh, Portland Trailblazers the very next night in Salt Lake. And I was a little bit stressed about the quick turnaround of that game and also just, like, the Trailblazers are decent, right? And, you know, Dame and CJ are capable of going off at any moment. So I was a little nervous about that game. Yeah, me too. I... I thought for sure we would be so tired from that overtime loss. And I, I, with Portland, it's hit or miss. It feels like we either beat them really bad or we lose to them really bad. That's so, true. Yeah, it's kind of weird. But uh, they actually came out and it started off a little slow, but then they, they took the lead and they never let go. It ended up winning 122 to 103. Yeah, they were close. I don't know, close through about, till about halfway through the third quarter. And then, we just went on a run and they just never were able to get back in it. And um, yeah, I feel like it became pretty much garbage time for like the last, what, five minutes. Yeah. So, which is good. I like when we have garbage time. <laughs> well, I like when we have garbage time when we're the ones who created the garbage time, not when yeah. we're the, the victim of it. So yeah, that was a, that wasn't one of Donnie's big games. He's been, he, before he got hurt, he was just, he's just been playing crazy. He had, I don't know, a bunch of games where he scored 35 plus and he's been facilitating well. And I don't know. I just, I was sad. That was one of the reasons I was especially sad about his injury is he just looks like he was just, 
he was getting into bubble mode early is what it felt like playoff bubble mode and you love to see that as a jazz fan (laughs) oh definitely and we've had such you know good luck avoiding injuries this season yes and covid protocol stuff so there's just that part of me that gets so nervous as the playoffs approach like when when is it going to be our turn and i just hope continue with that good luck yes i agree so i mean yeah i think we all held our collective breath when donovan went down but all in all i'm glad that it's i don't know hopefully he's not out for too long um and it, well, I guess, but, but what I really want to say is hopefully he is healthy in time for playoffs. I think that's what's most important. And um, when he first went down, I thought that there was no way that was a possibility. And so <clears throat> I've been happy that I was proven wrong. <laughs> but anyways, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We are. Yes, we got to talk about uh, just beating Sacramento. We had Joe telling uh, De'Aaron Fox to F off. Yeah, yeah. Another big game for Donovan. I think he had like forty. He had forty plus that game, and it was kind of weird. I feel like we start. It was another game where we came out to a slow start. Kings went up big early, then it was kind of close. Game of runs, and then at the end we just like pulled away and ended up winning by like sixteen points. So, like I, I, I don't know. I went. I didn't go into that game nervous. I definitely felt some nerves during that game, but I also, I don't know. Maybe I'm jinxing myself, but I was also like our team will win this game. Like our team will like, even though we're down big early or they've gone on this little run, like we'll bounce back. We're capable of coming back. And they did. And I'm glad that I was irrational. I was an irrational jazz fan for a minute. It's kind of fun. So (laughs) irrational jazz fan. Imagine that (laughs) (laughs) I meant, yeah, I meant irrational in a different way where it's like a rational jazz fan. Never doubt. Like is always worried that the jazz are going to blow it. But I was irrational where I was like, nah, they got this. <laughs> I like that kind of irrational. <laughs> so um, speaking of games that I went into thinking they were going to win, we played the Wizards next on Monday night at home. As Emily would say, womp womp. <laughs> McCoy, are you in my brain? I literally was almost about to go womp womp. <laughs> <laughs> It's only funny to me because I genuinely knew that that's literally what I was about to say, but whatever, it's fine. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that one, uh, I don't know. They, it was a tough loss. I was proud of them for, like, fighting back. I, like, it, it wasn't a loss that worried me, but I was still, like, a little bit bummed that they lost. Yeah, I, I hate losing to Russell Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> Can't oh. relate. I was so mad. I was so mad. <laughs> but yeah, they were down, what, 17? Yeah, I'm looking at the score right now. They were down 17 with 8.05 left in the fourth. So the fact that they were, like, even in it at the end, I was kind of like, all right, good for you guys. Like, I was at the game. It's actually, I took my nephew to his first jazz game, my four-year-old nephew. It was the cutest thing ever. Like, I honestly wasn't even that mad we lost because it was just so fun to take him. Um, so, and, but I was a little bummed for his sake that he didn't get to see a jazz win, but like, yeah, halfway through the fourth, I was kind of like, oh, he's tired. Should we just take him home? And I was like, no, we have to finish that. Like you have to learn. He needs to learn early that you stay through the final horn and support them <laughs> no matter what. So, um, 
yeah, but it like ended up being like a really fun last few minutes of the game, even though it didn't like end up uh, bouncing our way. Um, they definitely kept it interesting on, through the end. Yes, they did. And uh, they came back with a good win against OKC the next night, even though they got down by 17 in that one, too. Like, I just feel like they've been having to like work their way out of holes that they dig for themselves over the last few games. Because that also happened with the Pacers. Yeah, yeah. And I was talking to a friend about this. It's kind of crazy that guys have some of their best shooting nights or even teams have have been having really good shooting nights against us. And I don't like it. Yes. Like, am I irrational to think that? That honestly makes me feel better. Because I was like, it just seems like people step up and play better against us. Like, Lou Dort was insane against Uh us. Um, Who was playing well for the Pacers? There was someone who was going off early. Oh, I think Karis LeVert is the one who ended up kind of their leading scorer. But um, Sabonis, I guess, had 22 and he had 24. So, yeah, I don't know. But it was just weird. These these games where the jazz get down big early and then they dig out of the hole. I'm just like, you can't do that in the playoffs. So please don't get into this habit. (laughs) Yes. Please do not do that from now on. Let's get that out of our system right now. Yes. I'm fine with that. Um, yeah. So yeah, they, they beat the thunder, they beat the Pacers and then they played the Lakers on Saturday. Um, our, our C team played the Lakers on Saturday. Oh, boy. I know. This was the uh, Ursan game. Yes. What? What did you just say to me? Ursan? Like, I was flabbergasted, just like everybody else. But also, like, kind of like, oh, this is nice that he had this game for us. (laughs) My favorite is when he blocked Kyle Kuzma and then Joe made a three on the other end. It was just pure art. And that's when Joe got it to, like, within one, right? With that three? Yes, it was or such a good, like that. oh, it was just such a good block, too. It was fantastic. I, I had to watch it over and over and over again. Yes, was... just one of those satisfying ones. I I love it. I also loved, like, even though we didn't end up winning this game, it was fun to have Rudy on the sideline um, cheering with the bench because I feel like on court, Rudy is, like, generally pretty reserved and chill. Um, and so, like, to watch him be able to, like, cheer from the bench – was like it's like so fun I just loved it (laughs) yeah it's hard not to feel like if that last so the last play where Schroeder tied it up in regulation it's hard to not feel like if Rudy had been there that would not have happened (laughs) like I think Royce was trying not to get a foul and I think Royce was used to having Rudy there to like bail him out in the paint but like Rudy wasn't there because Rudy wasn't playing (laughs) and so Schroeder got that really easy layup at the end of the game to tie it which was just kind of a a bummer. Um, so we definitely missed Rudy and Derek Favors. Um, but yeah, I was proud of that team. I like Joe was great. Bogey was great. <laughs> it was good. They did look really good. And um, for having all those guys out. So yeah, I can't be too mad. Can't be too upset. Um, I do hope that they come out and beat them on Monday. Yes. I think that our full strength team, I, I don't know. I hope they're motivated to get a win for like all the hard work that those, you know, those C-string guys have put on. And when, oh, and I forgot to say Jordan had a great game. Jordan's the one who had that big three to put them up. Mm-hmm. So I was happy for Jordan, but he played a lot. He played 46 and 48 minutes that day, that day which is yeah. just a lot. <laughs> so, um, but it was, I also felt like, ugh, I want to say it was a bounce back game for Royce, 
But that's not actually true now that I'm looking at the box score. He was still two for 10 from three. So that's something that I'm also hoping we're getting out of our system is our bad three-point shooting. Um, But yeah. Um, I would like to make a note about Boyan Bogdanovich. He has recently brought back the red shoes that he wore all of last year that I hated so much because they clashed with the purple uniform so badly. But I feel like since he's brought back the red shoes, he's been playing better. And I was joking with a friend the other day about how, like, I can't wait to see him wear his red shoes with the green uniforms and see how he does in the Christmas fit. And we got that on Saturday against the Lakers. Um, And so I felt like, I mean, he had 19 points. Um, He went three for eight from three. So, like, not like the best of performances, but um, he, you know, he's just charging up the Christmas fit. But I, I think that the red shoes with the green jersey is hilarious. And I just think it's funny that he brought back the red shoes. Um, I, I will be surprised if they go away again. I think you're on to something there, Emily. <laughs> but so, yeah, I mean, obviously, we definitely miss the presence of Donovan Mitchell, too. Oh, man. Did your stomach just hurt so bad when he first went down with injury in that Pacers game? Yeah, I didn't even know what to say. I was on a conference call <laughs> watching oh, yeah, that. Home. It was that weird afternoon game. <laughs> yeah, and I just see it, and I just I almost burst into tears. I was so upset. Oh, my <sighs> kindred spirit, my kindred sister. I was like almost about to cry as well, and I was like, "Am I? This seems like an unhealthy level of investment for me to be crying over a player who has been." injured but like I just I think like before I saw the replay I was just like oh gosh that's an ACL or an Achilles because he just it seemed like non-contact at Mm -hmm. first and like just the way he was grabbing at stuff and the way he was gingerly walking I was just like crap and then they showed the replay where he turned his ankle and honestly that made me feel a little bit better because I was like oh okay yeah that's a terrible ankle turn and that's not ideal but at least it wasn't like a non-contact injury right um but yeah, no, I felt the same way. And I think it was it was for Donovan, but it was also for like I finally allowed myself to like get my hopes up now that the play like the door the playoffs are knocking at our door. And I'm just like, oh man, like we can we can do this. Like we have the talent to like make a run, right? And like Donovan going down would change all of that. And so mm-hmm. like all my hopes and fears and dreams hung in the balance in that moment. And I think that's why I was so emotional about it. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, like I said earlier, for his sake, we, um, he bounces back okay and he comes back soon because he is key to our success. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to even think about a playoffs without Donovan. It would oh. be devastating. Okay, fun question. Would you rather play the playoffs without Donovan or without Rudy? Oh, no. That's <laughs> I shouldn't even put this in the universe. We're going to just have both of them. Never mind. Don't answer that. My stomach, it hurts just thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Rewind. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say anything. <laughs> what? Who? Where? What? Yeah. What? <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, I hope that they play well on Monday against the Lakers. Um, <clears throat> it'll be... A good game. I I still don't think Anthony Davis and LeBron James are playing, so it's not quite like the playoff preview that I guess I was hoping for, or probably ESPN was hoping for. (laughs) But um, it'll still hopefully be a fun game. Yeah, I think so too. 
Good stuff. We had another big thing happen in Jazzland. We had a uh, Miami Heat legend, Dwayne Wade, buy a stake in the Utah Jazz. Wait, what? What did, what did you just say to me? <laughs> if someone had said that sentence to me a week ago, I would have said that they were like ball face lying to me. For a second, I thought I pronounced something wrong. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, you already oh, did that probably- earlier. <laughs> no, it it's a huge deal. This is when I saw that push alert come through. I was like, "What in the world is happening?" And I was like, "Wait, excuse me, what? How?" And then like reading the article and just being like, "They met on a golf course," and he was like, "I want Ryan Smith to be my mentor." Like, I really think that Dwayne Wade picked Ryan Smith over the Heat, and like that's just like hard for me to wrap my mind around. <laughs> Um, but like, so cool too. It's huge for Utah. I think I, I mean, it's huge for the NBA, but I, it's, it just feels like such a positive move for us and having someone of his, you know, stature pick us. I I'm in, I'm in shock. (laughs) No, I know. Like what I tweeted right after is kind of, I feel like it just, it makes us cooler all of a sudden. Like, I just feel like it gives us a little more street cred, a little more respect, hopefully, around the le- from around the league. Um, to have someone like Dwayne Wade, who, like Rudy said it in his post-game interview after, um, against the Pacers, he said, like, he's a winner, and he can bring that winning culture to Utah. And, like, I just think, like, having, yeah, like you said, he someone of his stature, someone who's well-respected like him, um, and who knows what it takes to win a ring, having him around can only serve the Jazz well. So I'm just kind of excited about it. I'm as excited about it as I am surprised by it, which is a lot. Yeah. Very exciting stuff. But um, with that, with him being able to buy that, it got us thinking about being rich, which is something, you know, we don't think about very often, obviously. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> we thought maybe if we, we ever won the lottery say we won like 10 million dollars what would be the first five things we would do with that money and uh emily what is the first thing you would do if you won 10 million dollars <laughs> well i the first thing i would do is upgrade my jazz season tickets <laughs> and i would sit courtside at every game <laughs> not feel bad about it <laughs> oh man and i would hope that the first thing you would do is buy the seats right next to me yeah, I mean, obviously, I would buy do that either that first, maybe after I buy all the Lulu lemon gear in the team <laughs> store. <laughs> I mean, you've already done that, and you aren't a ten millionaire. <laughs> this is true. I don't have every piece, though. That's the goal. That's the you dream. have considered buying every piece, but <laughs> true. <laughs> I'm kidding. True. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, I. I kind of spoke for you. So like, what is the first thing you would actually do with your $10 million winnings McCoy that you probably got from bingo because hashtag addict. (laughs) Wow. I feel called out right now. (laughs) Not called out. Just teasing. Fine. You know, there may be some truth to it. I will neither confirm or deny, but (laughs) you know, I would actually do that. I would buy the seats, the court size seats next to Emily or the jazz games. And then I would have to get some kind of like $10 million. What can $10 million get you? Would I have to just keep driving up or could I fly up every game? 
oh, I think you should 100% buy a private plane and hire a pilot with your $10 million. How much does a private plane cost? Um, should we Google it really fast? Because, I mean, we're not rich, so we're not in the, we're not in the business of owning private planes. <laughs> private plane. Maybe we should say $10 billion. <laughs> um, how much does it cost to charter a private jet? Says you can expect to pay between $1,300 and $3,000 per flying hour on average for a low-cost private jet. Yeah, oh. seems like you should just buy one. <laughs> the price for a private new, a brand new private jet ranges from $3 million to $90 million. <laughs> oh. well, okay, well, maybe you should buy, like, a private, um, like, prop plane <laughs> instead. <laughs> Did you say a crop plane? No prop plane. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a single engine plane. They cost between fifteen thousand and a hundred thousand dollars. Oh. A multi-engine well, plane is seventy-five thousand to three hundred thousand dollars. So you could own a small plane and hire a pilot with your ten million dollar winnings. I think that is something doable. You just can't get a fancy private jet like the jazz players have. Okay. Well, you know what's a better solution, maybe, is I could buy a home in Salt Lake. Oh, I mean, if you have $10 million, you could probably, yeah, that's a decent solution. But are you really going to be a 10 millionaire who is driving four and a half hours from St. George to Salt Lake City two or three times a week? Well, if I could just, I could live in, I could be like the snowbird, like the opposite of a snowbird. Come to Salt Lake Valley when it's wintry and jazzy. Exactly. <laughs> and then just live in St. George when it's like Satan balls hot in the summertime. Yeah, sense to me. I mean, priorities, right? Jazz are the priority. So I, I respect that. Oh, boy. Um, well, what, what what's the next thing you would do? What would after getting your jazz tickets? What are you doing next? Um, actually probably similar to what you just talked about. I would probably pay off my current house and then buy a vacation home or two. Um, probably, I'd probably buy like a vacation home in Seattle near my brother's home. So I could be close to my cute nephews. And then I would buy a vacation home in a warm climate that I can go to during the winter when I don't like being cold and snowy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that would be San Diego or Phoenix or like, I mean, Hawaii is too expensive. Like, I mean, it's $10 million, but I'm still, you know, I still want to make that. I want to stretch that $10 million. I'm still rational at heart and I'm still like money conscious, economically responsible person. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe like something cheap in Mexico. I don't know. There are options, <laughs> but that, that would probably be my next step. Yes, I love that. I'd probably Airbnb those properties so that they could become a source of income as well. So, you know, like I said, always a couple steps ahead. (laughs) Gotta make my $10 million last. No, I think that's smart. Okay, what's next for you? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I was kind of thinking that I would pay off this house that I'm in in St. George and then upgrade to a house with a pool. Oh, so smart. Definitely a good step. I fully support that investment. Yes. And then visit that pool, please. Of course. I, it's going to be like the ultimate, 
like party house, like social gathering space. Everyone from Jazz Twitter is invited. We're just going to have a blast here in the St. George Jazzy house. Can I make a request that you can see a TV from the good spots in the pool in a comfy way so that we can watch jazz games from the pool? Yes, I think that is a reasonable request. I will make sure it happens. Perfect. Um, This conversation is making me realize that maybe we need to start playing the lottery instead of bingo because I really want to do all these things for real. (laughs) Lottery, let's, yeah, yeah, that might be a little better odds than bingo lately, so... (laughs) <laughs> oh man, maybe I should scratch off the lottery tickets that I bought because from for the asshole that ghosted me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the least the lottery could do to like resolve that trauma for me <laughs> to like help me win the lottery on the tickets that I bought for him. Just honestly, I don't know how you haven't scratched them off already because knowing me, I would have done that weeks ago. <laughs> I don't know. It's like this weird thing. I think that like it's like this one thing that ties me, that is still tying me to him. And I feel like once I scratch them and, or get rid of them, it's like, it puts the thing to bed and like, I want to do that, but I'm also apprehensive to do that because I like, haven't fully worked through my feelings about it yet. <laughs> so, But I'm close. I almost scratched one of them today. One of the $1 ones. Cause I was just like mad. And I was just like, Oh, I'm going to scratch one of these stupid lottery tickets. But no, I didn't do it. I resisted. I will resist. <laughs> You have a better self-control than I do. <laughs> I mean, it depends on what we're talking about, but <laughs> Lululemon, yes. Oh, man. Okay, so good. So upgrades to the property would be your second choice. Okay, third choice. Um, man, I think I would have to get my uh, uh, Tesla. Ooh, nice. Solid. I mean, it's not a Porsche, but you know. (laughs) Um, Is that your dream car, a Tesla? I don't know if it's my dream car, but I have been very intrigued by them and electric cars in general. Okay. What, what model of Tesla would you get? I want the SUV one. I'm not sure which model Mm. it is. Would you get the butterfly doors? Yes. So cool. Love that. So cool. So cool. My friend, um, my friend's parents have one of those, and it's pretty freaking sweet. Oh. Well, what about you? Third choice. Um, This is so lame, but it's honestly what I would do. <laughs> so I'm going to just own it. I would hire a financial advisor, and I would talk to him about how to make this $10 million last me for the rest of my life so I could quit my job. <laughs> hey, not bad. <laughs> Like, I think between, like, the savings, like, the 401k savings that I already have and, like, my Roth IRA and $10 million, even though some of that will have gone to the things we just previously talked about. Like, I'd probably have, like, what, eight or seven or eight million left after buying a couple houses um, and getting jazzies and tickets. I feel like if I got a really good financial investor, which I have one, and I could just talk to him about, like, how do we make this last? Like, what is the lifestyle I can live? Because I am fine with maintaining my current lifestyle, plus fancy jazz season tickets that I just got, with my $10 million. Like, I'm fine with living at this current lifestyle that I have, as long as that means I don't ever have to work again. So that's probably what I would do next. <laughs> I love that. 
mine is a little bit more unselfish too which is what that, um i would pay off my parents business oh mccoy that warmed my heart also you are way nicer than me <laughs> i should be thinking about other people and i'm definitely not <sighs> nope i think it would be really you know they've done a lot for me in my life and uh if i could pay them back somehow um i think that would be an awesome way to do it oh my gosh and yeah what a satisfying like gesture and also just like just knowing you can take that relief and that burden off of your parents' shoulders, like, oh, man, we really do need to win the lottery, McCoy. We need that to happen. <laughs> I always tell people I would be a very good rich person. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. My friend, my one of my best friend, Mandy, she always says that she would be a really good best friend of a rich person. She's like, I want my friends to be rich so that, like, I can just, like, have all the fun perks of it, but not have, like, the the pressure and, I, well, I guess it's more, like, rich and famous. She's like, I don't want to be famous myself, but I want to be really good friends with someone rich and famous so I can get all the perks of their richness and their famousness without having to deal with all the fallout of it. And I always think that that's a really funny way of thinking about it. <laughs> oh, I totally agree. That's a good way to think about it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> but no I think you would be a great rich person too <laughs> I always get told I have champagne taste and a beer budget <laughs> I mean you are kind of bougie but I like that's one of the things I like about you so yeah nothing, just nothing wrong with that bougie bitty over here <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay love that paying off your parents business so is that four things that you would do Season yes tickets upgrade your house what was the third thing you said? Tesla. Oh, Tesla. That's right. And then your parents' business. Okay. Oh, gosh. I'd probably hire, um, like, a personal trainer, personal chef. Like, I just, like, want to get healthy, right? Like, lose a bunch of weight, get healthy. Not, like, to be skinny, but just to, like, feel better. Because I've felt like lately. Just being honest. Being vulnerable with my, with my jazz gal listeners. <laughs> And so I would probably hire someone to make that process easier, like a, a team of people, like life coach, chef, personal trainer, gym, fanciest gym membership ever, actually probably set up a home gym, like just set myself up for success in that way, because trying to do that on a budget sometimes feels really daunting, <laughs> but having copious amounts of money sounds a lot easier. Yes. Agreed. So... Yeah. So those are very, like, as I list those, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so painfully practical. <laughs> but honestly, that's kind of what I would do. But then the fifth thing, I would take a kick vacation. Like, I would, after I talked to my financial advisor and quit my job, I would probably go on like a six month like trip to all the places I've always wanted to go and just like hop from place to place. Yeah. I, uh, that was going to be my fifth one too, was just this bomb vacation yeah let's take it together let's go together i'm good with that i'm super down what's the first place you want to go well i was just trying to figure that out because i'd love to see fiji um Ooh. maybe new zealand uh, solid choices i love it i i do really want to go to ireland um and do like another european tour would be really fun yeah that's like first thing on my list would be like switzerland Paris, Germany, uh, 
other parts of France, England. I've been wanting to go to London so badly. So yeah, Europe would definitely be the, but I am on board for Fiji and New Zealand. Yeah. That'd be amazing. And Australia would be dope. I want to go to Japan. Um, yeah. There's just so many cool places in the world to go. <laughs> so those are all really great choices, I think. And I think we would be really great multimillionaires. Oh, yes. We would be the best multimillionaire best friends because we really love all the same things. So we would just like take our $10 million winnings and that would be turn it into $20 million and just take the world by storm in our jazz Lululemon gear. <laughs> <laughs> Emin McCoy is coming for you. We sure are. Be Emin ready. Emin McCoy are coming for you. I need to say that again. I can't. I said is. Now I sound <laughs> like a redneck. <laughs> Look at you. Look at who's rubbing off on Emily. <laughs> it's me. Uh, anyways. <laughs> Let's talk about our uh, social media post of the week. What do you say? I think that sounds like a great, great idea. We had some really good content from the Jazz the last couple weeks. Oh, we sure did. That means we have two social media things to talk about. Number one, I wanted to say I really loved Quinn's joke that he made um, when he was asked about how they decide when... Mike Conley sits and when Mike Conley plays. Uh, did you see that, Emily, on Twitter? I did see that. And one, I, I just like did not expect it from Quinn. Like he's just like normally very thoughtful and very cerebral with his answers. So when he just like come like kind of came out of the blue with just like the hilarious, like and also team inside jokey take on how he makes this like serious decision, I lost it. Yeah, so he said, quote, Rudy's got a crystal that we consult and we rub it until we get an answer, end quote. (laughs) An answer that Mike likes. That's the best part to me, too, is it's like we just talk to the crystal, get the advice, and then settle on what Mike likes. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) Oh, man. Rudy and his crystals is like a really fascinating thing to me. Like just like the fact that he's like friends with Spencer from the hills. And he, I don't know, he was wearing his fancy crystal when he was on the bench against the Lakers the other night. It's just like, I don't know. And my sister's kind of becoming like a crystal. She calls herself a crystal baddie, which I think is hilarious. Um, And so I'm like skeptically fascinated. That's probably the best way to put it. So um, I just, I don't know. So funny. Gotta love Quinn for that answer. Yes, I do have an amethyst necklace now because of Rudy. So that's hilarious. What is the like power that what what power does amethyst have supposedly? Oh well, you know it's purple, and I really like purple. <laughs> is that literally how you picked it? Yes. <laughs> I mean, purple is a really solid jazz color. I mean, not this year, but usually. Yeah. So. Uh, according to the Google, it says amethyst relieves an individual from stress and strain, soothes irritability. Wow, this is good for me. <laughs> <laughs> Balances mood swings. Nice. Dispels air, rage, fear, and anxiety. Amethyst activates spiritual wokeness. This precious stone has an outstanding healing and cleansing power. Ooh, fancy. Sounds like you picked a good one. 
Yeah, how did it know I was so irritable? <laughs> it calls you and no one knows. Just kidding. Um, I just think it's so fun to sing that part of Moana about anything about things calling you. <laughs> oh. Hey, maybe purple's your favorite color for a reason. Hey, maybe so. But it's a bomb necklace, and I love it, and I, I'm grateful to Rudy for getting me into it. So That's there you so go. so fun. <laughs> no, seriously, my nephew who was here this week, I bought him a jazz jersey and a jazz hat, and my sister bought him crystals. <laughs> my sister is, like, 16, and so it's, like, kind of fun. She, like, didn't do it in, like, a crazy hippie kind of way. She just did it in, like, she likes crystals and rocks kind of way. And so she asked Teddy, like, what do you want? He's like, well, red and blue are my favorite colors. So she just bought him red rocks. And like red crystals and blue crystals, they were like 88 cents each. And so now, and then we we would tell him that <laughs> we're such bad aunts. We're we're so is, is parenting just manipulation all the time? Because that's kind of what it feels like. When I want Teddy to do something, I'm just like, hey, Teddy, if you hold your rocks really tight to your chest and close your eyes, they'll charge while you'll while you sleep, and then you'll have extra superpowers in the morning. And then that's how we get him to go to sleep. And so I just like just tell him like straight up lies, not lies, but you know things that that will motivate him to go to sleep or do what I want him to do is that what parenting is because that's what it seems like to me um at least when it comes to three and four year olds um please correct me if I'm wrong (laughs) um but yeah so she got him crystals which I think is hilarious so it sounds like you're skeptical of the crystals power is this is this true uh yeah I fully admit that (laughs) very skeptical skeptically Mm. fascinated standing by it But um, I do think that natural, I think I said this on the podcast before, I do think that natural uh, things that exist in nature, plants or rocks or whatever, they do probably have natural qualities and they have energies about them. Mm. But like, I don't, the part I'm skeptical about is like, if you just hold one and rub it, like, does that really activate those energies? Mm, I don't know. I'm kind of skeptical about that. But I also respect that um, a lot of people, um, like crystals and energies and chakras and all that is like a big deal for a lot of people and that they have a lot of buy-in for it. And I don't think that those people are crazy by any means. Sounds like the typical non-believer answer. <laughs> no, if I was a non-believer, I'd be being an ass right now. <laughs> but no, I think that there are, I think there is some value to it and some merit to it. But I am just like, I don't know. I'm just like a weird numbers analytics person who doesn't have an ethereal bone in her body. Oh, I don't know about that. But, you know, still plenty of time. (laughs) That's true. I can be converted. Well, with that being said, we had another great social media moment. Our Utah Jazz content creation team is just fantastic. And they came out with this really cool video kind of highlighting what Royce O'Neill's day looks like um and it was really fun what'd you think of it Emily oh my gosh it was so good I tweeted before they released they treat they like had a promo the day before they released it and I retweeted that and just said like I am looking forward to this like probably 10 minute video more than any movie that I watched in 2020 or probably 2019 like like I wasn't me like that wasn't like a dish on 2020 lack of movies. That was just like I was more excited about this jazz video <laughs> than I was any movie that's come out recently. Um because 
I just think it's fascinating to see what their day-to-day life is like and get an insight into that. And then also the commercial was about Rudy's obsession with the ducks that he always posts on his Instagram. And like, it did not disappoint. <laughs> also, it was just fun to like learn little things. Like Joe Ingles is like, Rudy will show up a minute before shoot around. And so, and like, and um, Donovan was the first one to be getting shots up in the gym. So it's like, just like learning those like little things are interesting to me. Yeah, me too. And it's so fun to see their their friendship off the court, right? So yes. like their little fist club challenge. That's that's really cool to see the unique um like bonding between George and Joe and Royce and you just love it. You love to see it. Yeah, I thought bre- the breakfast club part was like super cute. And I also it brought me a lot more appreciation for like the rookies or like the bent, you know, like what we would call the bench warmers. Like they are, I, they always say this, that they're just as much of the part of the team as anybody else. And like, but they're putting in all the same amount of work as the people who are getting the playing time, right? Like they're at all the practices, they're showing up, they're getting treatment done. And like, they're just as, you know, so it's like, they're just as involved with the guys as the Rudy Donovan, Mike Conley, all-stars of the team. Like, so is like Jawan Morgan and Elijah Hughes, like the rookies. And so I just like, I mean, they just talked, they just briefly in passing talked or like mentioned or showed Elijah Hughes, but it just like made me realize like, oh yeah, they're working just as hard. They don't get as much um, play for it or whatever, but they are still like a big part of the team and the camaraderie. So. Yes, exactly. So Big thank you to the yeah. uh, Utah social media team, um, video content creation team. They did a great job. Yeah, and if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. I also really loved the part where the part where Mike Conley was getting work on the table next to Royce, and he was like basically taking credit for all of Royce's success. He's like, when I got here, Royce was like just you know just a defensive guy, and now he's like shooting whatever from three and. He's first team all defense, second team all defense. He's going to be the first guy to be on both. Like, I just, like, thought that that was, like, really hilarious. And um, that, and also his, he's like, and talk about your call, my, your call of duty game. <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, I've got, he, Royce is getting dubs left and right. Like, I just thought that that part was funny. Because Mike Conley just strikes me as, like, a super humble guy. So to see him be a little bit, like, uh, I don't know, like, taking credit for Royce's work and, like, definitely – a tongue-in-cheek kind of way um, was just, like, funny to me. Like, no wonder he's, like, everybody's favorite teammate. He just seems like a fun dude. He really does. Good stuff from the Jazz. All right, you guys. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of Jazz Gals. We shall see you next time, and have a great week, and go Jazz! Go Jazz! Cheer loud! Love you all! Bye! Bye!